0: Somewhere of the Trash Can. I'm Daniel Keehan.
1: Really, they, them. I'm Nicole Sheehar, currently eating an Oreo.
0: Uh, and today we're talking about activism, because we ran out of other topics. <laughs> so today we're talking about activism, whether that's just, like, protesting or just spreading awareness for things that we care about. It's just, like, the ways that we feel we can make an impact in our communities about the things that we're passionate about.
1: Alrighty, um... I think activism is necessary because how awful the world is and how so, I don't want to say so few people want to do anything about it, but like.
0: So few people who have power want to do things about it.
1: Yes. I think that that is a good way to put it. Because I feel like so many people want to do something, but I think also, we don't know how.
0: I think one of the main reasons, at least for issues that are facing, that's facing the United States, that we are like passionate about. People who are maybe like in high-income communities or who feel certain privileges are like maybe less inclined to... um, I'm gonna rephrase that. I think it's because a lot of issues that we care about in the United States now are like based on social status or socioeconomic position or like race or ethnicity, right? So... A lot of the people who are in power, who have privilege, who have money, who have power, who have influence, a lot of times they're not the ones feeling the brunt of the effects that a lot of other people are, do feel and are passionate about. So it's, so it's an issue of, like, the people who do have representation or who do have the most representation are not the ones who necessarily need it.
2: Mm-hmm. They're also sometimes the ones who are profiting off
0: yeah. Y'all ever hear Jeff Bezos laugh? No.
2: I don't want to. Oh, no. Is greater space ambitions than going to the edge of it? Did this moment motivate you to push deeper into the cosmos? Hell, yes. He's a supervillain. Oh, my God. He is, though. Oh, my God. that is That is frightening. The fact that they put him in there.
0: Your thoughts about why activism activism is important?
2: Um, not coherent ones. (laughs) Which like it's not it's not unusual for me to have abstract thoughts. That's just like how I function. Um, what Dana said.
1: Completely off topic, but I love Crocs.
0: So who are some prominent activists or uh, protests we admire? So just for the audience to know, um, I came up with this idea for the episode because I'm a genius. No. Um, <laughs> well, you this past Friday, September 24th, which is like two days before we're recording this, was the uh, Fridays for Future uh, global climate strike. If you live in like a major urban city, like New York City, um, or I, I know there were a lot of... Um, I know it had, like, a lot of effect, uh, especially in, like, Germany and France, if I remember correctly. And it was just, like, a completely global thing, and that was kind of what inspired me to make this episode's topic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What it is.
1: Um, I am definitely going to butcher this pronunciation, but I follow Greta Thunberg, I think. Again, probably butchered it. On Instagram, and... I don't know, I just, I think that her... She's pretty rad. She is, because instead of, like, I don't know. She, like, she's, obviously, she's not, like, our age, our age, but she's not, like, an
0: adult. She's not
1: old. No. But, like, she still can make a big difference, and she's still trying her best to, like, do important things. And, I don't know. It's just really uplifting to see somebody who, like, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So I believe she is... Yeah, so she's pretty much about her age. Or about, wow, about our age. Mm-hmm. I I'd hope she's her age. Well, okay. Um, she's
0: been catfishing the entire world.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe she's a... in. Okay, so I think that she'd be a senior in high school, so 12th grade. So that's not too much older than us. Yeah. And like, even when so many people sell their... Like, tell her no or say that she what she's trying to do is not working. Like, she still tries hard. And that is pretty rad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, have, I have nothing to add on this. We have,
2: we have two similar opinions.
0: Are there literally no other things that are precedent about that you care about?
2: Most <laughs> of this stuff... I read on the news is, like, about activism is either, like, people who are homophobic because I follow LGBTQ news kind of a lot.
0: Uh, Switzerland just, uh, oh, They did. Mm-hmm. They, like, legalized uh, same-sex marriage and, like, not just civil partnership as it was before, but, like, actual marriage right. marriage. Which means, like, um, partners will, like, have... What is it called? They have access to like more rights because they're together.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go to Switzerland. Get it. Um, I've made a deal with one of my friends that if we're both not married by a certain age, we're going to marry each other for tax purposes. <laughs> I know that friend. Okay. Wait a second.
0: So, pride parades are pretty sick.
2: I went to the Salt Lake Pride Gardens. Last summer, this past summer, 2021, for future reference, it was pretty cool. I met some people. I met an older person who used they them pronouns,
1: and they told me that they were proud of me. Yay! And that's I like, almost cried. That's such an uplifting thing. As I struggled to take an Oreo. <sighs> You're
0: digging your fingers in there.
1: It was stuck!
0: I also took an Oreo
2: someone throw an Oreo at me? I'm, stick- I'm sticking across the room. Oh, it's right here. He threw one and I couldn't figure out where it went. Very nice job, Harley. I can. In all fairness, I've needed new glasses since last December. Mm-hmm. We're waiting till January when our insurance renews. So, I just cannot see.
0: So, you've already brought up stuff about uh, Greta. And then what else? I don't know. A lot of people who are, unfortunately, already dead.
1: <coughs> yeah. Helen Keller was pretty sick. Helen Keller? Wow. I feel like I I only got the elementary school explanation, which is a really garbage explanation because it does not do her justice. So, please, tell me what actually happened and not just the I mean, white I- elementary version
2: To be fair, I didn't do my research project on her, I did it on the Babbage Report, and we only did summaries to the class, so I also only know...
1: That's fair. I'm an ASL.
2: ASL 1, for anyone wondering.
1: Then do the Babbage Report, or whatever it is.
2: So, the Babbage Report was issued by Congress in either 1964 or 1965, and my sources do not agree. It is so obscure, it doesn't have a Wikipedia page, and it overturned the, the decision that was made at the Milan Conference of 1880 to sort of, like... It called oral education um, a dismal failure. Oral education, for those of you who don't know, for um, deaf or hard of hearing students, there are actually very few oral schools still open in the country, and those are only for students with like a very slight hearing loss. It's where you, you like, they wear these big headphones and you amplify the sound as much as possible and hope that they'll hear it. And for those that are completely deaf and everyone else, um, it's, like, sort of teaching them to talk just for the sake of them being able to appear normal. I'm doing air quotes if you can't, well, you can't tell. But, yeah, so that was, so manual education is using ASL. So with oralism, um, at the Milan conference, they also decided that overall, ASL should not be used in schools, or, like, it should all be oral or non-manual education, which... Obviously, there were... So this mostly took place at residential schools for the deaf because this was in the 60s and 70s. And before then, so parents just, like, sent their kids away and were like, you know, goodbye. So that's the thing. But anyway, I, I I wrote a page-long report on this. And I don't want to go into, like, too much detail. But it's cool. That is honestly really interesting. So... One of the big, like, the big main schools for the deaf, colleges for the deaf in the U.S. is Gallaudet in Washington, D.C. Gallaudet, it's named for... Someone's last name was Gallaudet. I I think it might have been William. I'm not sure. Um, He was a guy. He was pretty sick. He did some stuff. Don't look at me like that. I don't remember this. I read about it. And so... (laughs) Gallaudet, up until... Mm, was it like 70s or 80s? I am getting the year horribly wrong. Someone correct me on this at some point. But up until then, there had only ever been hearing presidents, which like, it's a college for the deaf. And they never had a deaf president, which like, how are you supposed to understand the students if you don't share their experiences? Like you can learn about it, but you, you've never had to live like they live. So you can't really understand it. So they were hiring a new president, and there were tons and tons and tons of students campaigning for a deaf president. So it's called the Deaf President Now movement. And then, drumroll, please, they elected a hearing president who resigned after three days because of all the backlash. Because this is the first time that the deaf community—and that's capably deaf, by the way—this um, is the first time that the deaf community had been like internationally recognized. So, big deal. It's a, it's, a, it's a pretty cool thing,
1: too. Danny, do you want to chip in a little bit? You've been really quiet.
0: This is kind of the flip side. And, like, activists or protests that I don't really like. And that's the one where all of the big oil companies and all of the rich people go, hey, you, the common man, it's your responsibility to recycle, to buy an electric car, to, I don't know, like, bike to work every day. And it's just like... I think there's some statistic where if everybody below a certain like wage, like yearly wage, did all of those things and lived as cleanly as humanly possible, it would do like nothing for the environment, because a lot of it is the way that like companies and rich people live their lives, um, and to some degree you might say, oh, there's a lot of uh, poor countries that are industrializing, that are generating a lot of carbon shouldn't we put pressure on them and the answer is no because they're like currently in the process of industrializing and that's like the amount of concrete that you have to make and like asphalt to get roads and infrastructure and buildings and the amount of carbon that generates is something that we can't really avoid with the technology that we have now so the main dent that we can make is inventing new technologies that are either carbon-free or get rid of carbon in the atmosphere or, like, other greenhouse gases like methane, which is more powerful. Or, uh, like, people who are really rich use their money for, like, actually good things. (laughs) Not like, I don't know, Jeff Bezos going to space and spending literally billions of dollars to, like...
2: Be in space for five seconds.
0: Yeah, like, go to the edge of space and then come back. And I he's just, like, the world was so pretty up there, but it's also so fragile. So now I'm donating a tiny portion of my wealth to the environment.
2: This sweater is so comfortable, does has so many pockets. It's burgundy. Sort of like Nicole's hair used to be. Sort of like my hair used to be. My hair was red, not burgundy. Uh, sorry, my hair was burgundy. Not maroon. I'm very adamant about that. Because maroon implies purple. And I do not have purple hair
1: like Max.
0: So what are some ways that we can be active in our communities?
1: Oh, okay, so actually, as of recording this, productions, or you may have to censor that out, but anyway, the, uh, there's a club at our school that like makes a movie every year, and I'm in that, which is really kind of fun. And I'm, uh, I get to help pick the scripts. But anyway, one of the potential scripts includes like community service. And in the process of filming it, we would also like the goal is that we also get like a ton of like community service help done. Um, and then also what with that, we get to like kind of advocate for community sh- like service and like get some um, members of like NHS Key Club, students for shelter, and like some clubs like that. We get to like have them in the movie. Um, and I think, honestly, I really want to do pick that script, but we mm-hmm. haven't chosen it yet. Like, we haven't picked which script we're going to do yet. But I hope we we'll pick that one, because I really think it's going to be really interesting, and we also have, like, really good, like, ideas for it, and it could go really well. That does sound cool.
0: So, I used to, and that was probably really shaky, because I was moving. Mm-hmm. So, I used to work, uh, not work, I used to volunteer at the nonprofit. um, in, like, downtown Indy, and we also used, used to do this, uh, thing every year where, like, every, not necessarily holiday season, but, like, winter time when it's cold, we used to, um, work with one of my dad's old friends, um, and go to downtown Indy, and then we would have a bunch of families and a bunch of people that we knew donate, like, old clothes, buy toilet paper, hand towels, gloves, socks, And we used to hand those out uh, to the local homeless in conjunction with uh, another group of people who made like coffee and donuts for everybody. Uh, And we used to do that every year. And that was a really cool experience that I don't think I'll ever forget.
1: That sounds really fun. My only volunteering experience is
2: a cat shelter.
1: Aww. They were really sweet.
2: Cause it was, so they took a house. And they modified it into a cat shelter, and I'm so sorry, but this was years ago, and I cannot remember the name, so I cannot, like, put a little thing in here, like, promoting it. I think it involved the letter K at some point, but it was a cat shelter in Alabama, and so they took the house and they renovated it completely, so they still had all the washing machines and kitchen stuff. And that, But they also took out, like, the bedrooms were turned into different rooms for, like, senior cats or for kittens or for, like, s- cats that were, like, injured or sick and that kind of stuff. And they also had a closed-off patio as, like, a sun area and, like, literally the entire house was made of cat trees. And so I would just be, like, doing laundry or doing dishes and that kind of stuff to volunteer. And then the cats, they, they just, like, roamed around which was great. My mom has a picture somewhere of me trying to fold like a cat bed Aww. unsuccessfully while there were like three different cats on my lap, and I think there was one on my shoulder head somewhere in between. I was hanging out doing dishes, and the same cat was like walking back and forth under my arm. So I was doing dishes like it was. It was fun. It was really great. I love the cats there. They're so sweet.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I saw like one person the entire time I was volunteering. Which is kind of suspicious. And makes me think the whole place is actually just, like, run by cats.
0: (laughs) So, if you guys don't know, my, uh, brother is an Eagle Scout. And for one of his projects, he did this really cool thing where we went to, again, downtown Indy. Because that's where everything is in Indiana. Because everyone else is just, like... And then we went to, like, this giant parking lot. And then there was, um some like islands, I don't know how else to say it, but like little concrete islands around that had dirt in them, and we planted a bunch of new plants in there, because there weren't that many before, like it was just the occasional tree, and then I think we put some new saplings in there, some other plants, bushes, that kind of thing, and that was cool too, and I helped out with that like barely, but also I didn't help like at all, because I was maybe nine, <laughs> well,
2: and, nine-year-olds suck.
0: oh actually no, I wasn't nine, I was probably like 11,
2: 12. Anywhere in that age, which sucks. My brother, love him dearly. He's two years younger than me. He's in eighth grade. He's going through puberty. He's doing all the things I did. And I, I have apologized to my parents for these things like 12 times in the past month because I realize now how stupid and annoying and rage inducing they are. Like the fact that he stomps everywhere. Or, like, my least favorite is when he tries to, like, whenever he's mad at someone or thinks something stupid, he, like, does that whole, like, no emotion thing. And I see how stupid and annoying that was when I did it in sixth grade. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) It makes me want to throw him into a hole, which I've only done once. (laughs) And it was his own fault. He started it. (laughs)
0: Um... Sure.
2: <laughs> His fault. He jumped back. At the same time as I tried to gently pull him away from my bedroom, and he slammed himself into a wall.
1: Gently. Sure, that's the adjective okay. we're going with.
2: In my defense, he was threatening to, like, release my lizard. I, I had a bearded dragon at the time, Petra, who was native to Australia into the wild of a like suburban Indiana, in like when's Easter? April. In April, this was on <laughs> Easter. I had to bribe him with candy to get him to come out of his room after I threw him in the ball. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I ticked him off, and then was like, I'm going to go get Petra and release her in the wild, and she's gonna get hit by a car. And so I was like, No, you're not.
1: Like I don't I don't
2: know what you're thinking. And so he starts trying to go into my room. So I grab him by the shoulder and pull him back. And he like jumps back at the same cuz apparently he was only joking and I it coincided unfortunately and I like slammed him into the wall by the bathroom.
1: Um, actually really fast. So I think I wanted to bring this up earlier but I kinda of forgot to. So I think so many people are like, Hey, how should we help fix the environment? And it's always like, Turn off your lights, which is when you're not using them, take shorter showers, like save water and like save food but the thing is that so many people like try to do all of these things without realizing that the thing is is it's okay if you don't always finish like if you don't eat if you like leave a little bit of food and maybe it goes bad because you didn't eat it fast enough like a tiny like a little bit of lettuce that's that you like accidentally like didn't eat is not gonna have as much of an impact because the big problem is trillions like a Not, I don't know if it's trillions, it's probably not, but, like, all of the pounds of food that's getting thrown away because just big corporations don't buy it because it's not good enough. Like, it doesn't cosmetically look good enough. So much, like, okay, so, (laughs) when you, like, obviously drive, it creates exhaust, right? But the thing is, is most of the exhaust that contributes to climate change doesn't come from, like, the cars on the road. Uh, um, like, the shipping containers that cross the Atlantic, like, and, and the Pacific, I think. But, like, it's those giant, massive ships that keep this, you know, this, the, um, the, I mean, it's the constant supply of goods throughout the world. It's those ships that create and contribute to so much, plant, like, carbon dioxide in the environment because of how much exhaust, like, and fuel that those take.
0: And none of this is to say that if you have the power to be more eco friendly, that you shouldn't. Of course, you should. Because if you have the power, if you have the money to buy an electric car, then you should. Because um, buying electric cars makes it more like increases an incentive if everybody starts buying electric cars. Well, then all of the car companies are going to be like, hey, we got to start making electric cars. And then. What with that, there's going to be like more government incentives, you know, like subsidies on making eco-friendly stuff and like taxes on uh, that are based on how much carbon you emit. And hopefully those are coming sometime in the near future, but I can't guarantee anything. Uh, For our next topic, we're going to talk about uh, two things. One, how it feels to make a difference, but on the flip side, how it feels to be unheard.
2: What it feels like to be unheard. Uh, It's not fun. Tell you that right there. So, as some of you might have noticed, I'm trans and I'm also bisexual and I'm well, non-binary, which is like kind of included in the whole trans thing. And I grew up as a girl. So we did touch on this a bit in the whole in was it three? The Consent and Boundaries episode. Yeah. But like, kinda sucked, you know rape culture, misogyny, sexism, not fun. Honestly, the worst thing, and I'm lucky because the worst thing I'll probably ever have to face as a trans person is having people tell me that I'm just doing it to be trendy or having relatives who like, talk behind my back about it and or might, debating on how today goes, might not react so well, but I have the luxury of having parents who love me and, like, call me by my name and pronouns and won't kick me out, which is a lot more than other people have.
1: Especially some of our other friends. And it sucks. Yeah, It's really sad seeing some of, like, some pe- like, people that we're really close to have to go through some really scary things and as much as we want to be able to do something about it, we we can't. It kind of sucks wanting to make a difference, but you kind of can't because, I mean like you can, but also you can't.
0: Hey guys, just quickly gonna cut in here to say that um, there's kind of, like, an awkward jump because, um, there was, like, a section in between that kind of transition between the previous topic and the next one. Except we had to cut it out because it was, like, full of name drops and obviously we can't be, you know, publishing that. Um, so our next topic is how it feels to be heard. So I guess what was nice was that around sometime, like, I don't know, a couple of months, years ago, I, I don't really remember. Um, I, like, started a petition for, like, a decision that a school board made concerning the Black Lives Matter movement and how teachers weren't allowed to speak out about it. And that pissed me off, so I made a petition, and it got, like, a surprising amount of traction in a really short amount of time, like like 2,000 signatures in a couple of days. And I presented that to the school board, and I felt really heard, and I felt like, I was making change in the world, and then they never responded. All I got was the automatic email from one of the ladies who worked there, who was like, thanks for emailing me, I'll get back to you eventually. And they never sent anything back again. It was different than just like writing a strongly worded email or doing something or other, like it actually felt like I was doing something major, if that makes any sense.
1: That does, yeah.
0: So, what are some ways that we want to be active in our communities?
1: Um, I don't know. So I like, I haven't been to the farmer's market very often, and I know it's like just closing for this season, but I do kind of want to go to our like city's like farmer's market next summer or next fall. I kind of probably should look into when it happens. But yeah, I really like going to farmer's markets. They're pretty cool. And you can find stuff that is usually, I don't want to say overpriced because it's not overpriced, but it's expensive because it's like a small business. But yeah, I really like going to there. And I want to Go again in the future and help support some small businesses because small businesses are awesome. I just, like,
2: volunteering time, especially in the spring when I don't have, like, marching bands.
1: They always have marching because in the spring. I have indoor. Really I am literally looking forward it's to dope. the winter season so much. I can't wait. All right, back to activism.
0: <laughs> so, just in general, does activism really make a difference?
1: I think so. Yes. Because back to the BLM movements, like, so many protests were held and so many just, like, things were done. And even though we are far from, like, it being, a, like, a success, like, there's still so much that we have to do in that area. Like, we did have a trial for George Floyd and it was, like, Derek was found guilty. So that's at least a start. So I think that activism definitely can help. I just also think that activism can only do so much because eventually the people in charge have to make the decision to, like, also do something about it. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm.
0: I think, um, just like spreading awareness is really important, especially for stuff like global warming.
1: Yeah, um, I agree.
0: Because a lot of people just don't realize how serious it is. Or at least they deny the studies that show how bad it can be, right? Mm -hmm. But I also think a large part of activism is because there's a lot of debate involved over things that are uh, politically controversial, even when they shouldn't be. (coughs) Basic
2: human rights for everyone.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think a lot of it is because a lot of it is like really controversial debate, even though it shouldn't be controversial. But like... I feel like there's a lot of us versus them kind of language going around. And I guess to some degree, like, yeah, folks who are homophobic kind of deserve to be ostracized. Just a little bit. I don't know. Maybe. Um, But also, that's not how you make progress. You don't make progress with violence and anger and excluding the other. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Or, like, saying us versus them or classifying them as the enemy. The way you make change is by accepting the other side and finding common ground no matter how much you don't want to compromise, because you can't, like, not make compromise when the opposing is, like, half of the population tackling things that are larger than ourselves, because it is really terrifying mm-hmm. to, like, stand against something that it seems so powerful and oppressive as the opinions of other people when they're in, like, large numbers, right?
2: Or when they, like, when they're in positions of power, especially ones that directly influence you. Mm
0: -hmm. Like a
2: teacher, or a principal, or a boss, or, like, a parent.
0: I think standing up for yourself and your own beliefs takes a lot of, it takes a lot of courage, and it takes a lot of strength to stand up and speak out for your own beliefs, and not everybody's about that, and that's cool. Um, So you don't always have to be, Out loud, protesting, spreading awareness. It sounds cheesy, but like, I don't know, just talking to friends about it? Spread word in the circles that you're in, you know? I don't know. You might not feel, like, very powerful when you're on your own. But, like, anybody has the power to kick off massive change. Anybody has that kind of strength. Anybody has that kind of courage, and you might know, you might not know that you have that in you. But if you find something that you're really, truly passionate about, it, you will do more to chase those dreams, and to show everybody how how much you care about this. You will do more in those pursuits than you think is possible.
1: All right. Um. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of um, Somewhere Over the Trash Can. Um, As usual, our email is somewhereoverthetrashcan@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Please email us. We're kind of getting sad at this point. Um, and our Instagram is at somewhereoverthetrashcan. Our entire inbox is like spam just- emails. So please send us mail. Wait, wait. Please do it. Thank you. Alrighty. righty. Um, yeah, that's pretty much that's it. That's it for this week's episode. Awesome. So uh, bye, everybody.